Welcome to the Hope Warrior Project podcast, where we bring you an extra dose of hope to help you get over the humps of life. I'm Stephanie Martino. And I'm Lydia Zuniga. And together we are bringing you real stories of hope from real people. We believe by hearing other people's stories of challenge and transformation, we can all gain some hope for ourselves. So if you've been looking to find and hold on to hope, you're in the right place. Join us on this journey as we all become warriors of hope. Hey everyone, we have a special guest with us today. I am super excited about Melanie Mogensen actually reached out to us. Well, God, it was before COVID, I guess. <laughs> so months ago, um, because she actually runs a blog and some social platforms called The Hopeful Warrior. You'll notice that's very close to our name as Hope Warrior Project. And so we found some real synergies and some commonalities. And so she is here today to talk about her particular journey of going through um, Hodgkin lymphoma diagnosis and her journey through that. And she's got an amazing, encouraging, inspiring story to share with us. So let me tell you a little bit about her first. So Melanie, she is a writer and she's a wife and mother of three. Um, and through this experience, she knows how life can change in such an instant. Um, as I mentioned, she was diagnosed with stage three Hodgkin lymphoma. And during this, she started sharing her story on a blog and kind of putting herself out there and letting others know that, you know, even in these horrible, difficult times that we can go through in life, that there is hope um, and there is life after that. And there's something to be grateful for. So I'm really excited, and Lydia is too, I know, to have Melanie with us today. So thank you, Melanie, for joining us. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's wonderful to see your face. And you too, Lydia. Thanks, Melanie. It feels like it's been so long since we originally connected over the fact that we are both passionate about Hope Warrior, being a Hope Warrior, right? I so, and, and then to find out that we were like in the same area. <laughs> I know, I had no idea. <laughs> was nuts too, because we connected through uh, social media and then we're like, wait, we're not that far from each other. So I remember sitting around Stephanie's table and talking and getting to know you. And yeah, that feels like so long ago, but I'm happy that we're finally um, doing this interview for real. So um, take us back to when you first found out um, about your diagnosis and kind of what you were going through emotionally. And if you want to share a little bit about the whole seatbelt story and how that seatbelt saved your life, I think that's a cool story. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah. So um, it's pretty surreal, actually, because it's almost like, I like to say, like, God draws straight with crooked lines because, like, the way things just end up like working out, like things coming full circle, because literally I was diagnosed around this exact time of the year, um, three years ago. So it was right. Um, I first kind of noticed something a little bit strange while I was driving in October with like late October with my kids, the way the seatbelt was hitting my neck. And I was kind of like, Oh, what is, what is that? You know? And little did I know that a seatbelt can save your life in more ways than just in an accident because it was just the way the seatbelt was hitting my neck and I kind of felt around and I was like oh that doesn't feel right it was a, a nodule that shouldn't been there and 
I went and got it checked out. And then that kind of started this whole uh, lot of tests and um, scans later, and they were able to determine that it was cancer. Um, so yeah, it ended up being just a seatbelt that kind of cued me into that and let me um, take a little bit more investigation into what was going on with my health. And yeah, it was, it was a pretty wild ride because at that point I had just, when I finally got diagnosed, I had just celebrated my birthday. So I'm, my, my birthday is a week after Thanksgiving and I got the news and then it's right in the middle of the holiday season. And I had three small children. My youngest um, were twins. So they were three at the time. And so here I am with this news and it's life altering news. And I remember getting the call when my twins were actually in preschool. So I got a call um, because I had had surgery to remove um, a suspicious lymph node because part of the process when um, they suspect cancer is, um, you know, blood work, but then ultimately they have to take a biopsy to kind of definitively know. And so I got the biopsy results when my um, twins were at school. And so there was this kind of like gray area of like me knowing that our lives had completely changed. And now I have to tell my husband, I have to call him at work and tell him this. I have to, now I have to kind of pull myself together and somehow pick my kids up from school and like, you know, and not tell them because it's the middle of the holiday season. Like until I know more about what I'm facing, I can't tell them what possibly what I'm going through. So there is a lot of emotions going on in this, this season, you know, of like everyone's hope and be merry. And I'm just like, my whole life is falling apart. And I, you know, and miraculously, like I said, God draws straight with crooked lines, like just somehow the right people started kind of finding their way into my path from a surgeon to the, um, the oncologist that I was able to get matched with at Northwestern was you know, um, it was, she was leading one of the first clinical trials for immunotherapy, which is a new kind of cancer treatment. So all this time I was like, oh my God, I wish I would have been diagnosed sooner. Why didn't I pay closer attention to my health or some of these signs? And it was like, no, this is actually the exact right time that you should be diagnosed because I ended up through the grace of God getting into this clinical trial with this new treatment. So yeah, it's just been an incredible ride. I mean, I can't imagine, uh, I, I've not had any experience like this, you know, so it's like one of those things you try to imagine. I'm sure I, there's no way I can imagine how you were feeling. And like you said, that that whole, it's a, the holiday season, supposed to be happy, joyful, merry, and then you got this news. And I'm sure that was just a real hard emotional contrast. Um, to work through. I mean, how did, how did that kind of affect you and your, you know, your day to day and how did you manage that? Yeah. So, um, you know, it really had to kind of, at first I kind of w went within cause I couldn't really tell my kids. So I kind of had to pretend like everything is a little bit okay. You know, like they knew something was wrong with mom, but until I kind of got my bearings, I really, you know, I really, just kind of had to just kind of make my peace with God and almost just surrender to the fact that, okay, this is what it is. I can't change this, but, you know, how can I make this meaningful? You know, where, 
there's there's going to be a lot of pain there's going to be a lot of discomfort and uncertainty but there's meaning here somewhere you know and where can i find that and um and i was really fortunate um one of the first things i did was connect with other cancer survivors through some online um support groups so that really like just connecting with other survivors before i even told um friends and family I went right to other people that in, in their private groups. So like I knew that anything I posted, like no one could see, which was really reassuring. And so that gave me a lot of peace right away because they were able to tell me like, I'm like, how do I tell my kids? Like, what did you do? You know, and they gave me great advice and they gave me a lot of peace knowing of like what to do. So that helped prepare me. And my husband and I worked up a, a plan of how to tell everyone in the right time and you know, that was a tremendous resource. So not only did they help me prepare um, my kids to break the news, but they also helped prepare me for my first treatment because getting in these like support groups was, I knew like, I felt like I had an insider scoop where they're like, okay, this is what you need to ask for. This is the medicine you need. This is, you know, on your first um, day, make sure that you eat something. And this is how you put the pork cream on, like all different things that or doctors really don't know because you have limited time with them. So it was super valuable to get connected with a support community right out of the gate. That's awesome, right? I, it just speaks, I mean, it, community in itself is important, right? Yeah. Um, but how, what a wonderful resource for you during this time. I can't imagine trying to go, in, to go through that without that support, you know, obviously hadn't been through that before. So how would you know how to handle all of these situations? So it's awesome that you were, you were able to use that. Um, you know, when we talked before, you mentioned around this time, you know, you decided or someone had mentioned maybe starting a blog. They did, yeah. So um, once I started opening up and finally telling people of, you know, what I'm dealing with, because I almost, I actually didn't come forward. I waited till after the holidays to make it public. Um, and once I did, people were just kind of amazed at how I was kind of taking things in stride and they were just saying, well, you should maybe try to share this and maybe think about starting a blog or a YouTube channel. And I'm so introverted by nature that the thought of, you know, sharing myself in a blog or a, a video, um, me really nervous so I was like oh yeah maybe but the more I thought about it the more I was like you know there's something here because I'm a writer by nature I journal all the time I'm always writing lists of you know things and it really helps so I decided to um you know create a blog and a Facebook page just kind of just keep family and friends updated and then from there it just started kind of growing and um now it's just, it brings me a lot of peace every day to kind of see how much the community is growing because um, the reason I really decided to start my blog um, was because of the treatment that I was fortunate to get because it was so new that I figured, okay, well, this is probably, you know, my experience is one thing, but this is a new treatment. So if I can document my journey, then that could potentially help other people that maybe wouldn't be considering this new immunotherapy treatment because I found out that I think it's less than like 5% of uh, cancer patients actually uh, consider a clinical trial. It's very, very low because, and most of them are younger in general. Um, and so there's a huge need for more people to enroll in uh, clinical trials because that's what helps advance cancer treatment. But 
a lot of people don't. So I figured this might be a way to help people encourage, you know, encourage more um, clinical trials. So that was one of the reasons I started it. And it's just been really great because I've connected with other cancer survivors and fighters all over the world through my blog and through these online Facebook groups. So it's just, it's been really incredible to see these last three years, how many um, people I've been able to touch. Well, it's just the kind of the courage to just go ahead and start a blog, so. And your blog is named? Hopefulwarrior.com. Hopefulwarrior.com, love it. What, what else did you do during this time? I know you, you actually had joined one of our academies um, last year. Was it earlier this year? I'm totally losing yes. track of time. I don't you know. I am losing track of time too, but I did. So you're, I came across, that's kind of what I think the, around the time that I actually reached out to you was because I had, I was starting um, to kind of think of different ways of growing my blog. And I was working on a project with Northwestern with other like cancer survivors. And I'd come across your website and your hope Academy. And I joined that and I just loved it and I got so much out of it. Um, so I, that's when I reached out to you. So your Hope Warrior Academy, as well as your um, newer group, um, what is Encouragement for Uncertain Times, that Facebook group. Um, that's one of the, literally the reasons I like go on social media now is because it like always brightens my day, the things that you're posting and, and just being able to connect with other people and really know that I'm, you know, I'm not in this alone. Like we're all going through similar things and I might be going through cancer, but other people are dealing with things just as hard. They're grieving loved ones. They're losing jobs. There's a lot of uncertainty. So just to have a like, community to know that we're all in this together is, it's just, it's so rewarding because, you know, social media can be kind of divisive in times like this, but I really feel these like online support communities are just the silver lining of social media. Like it just, it's made all the difference, honestly, in my life. So, so thank you. Really, thank you for your Hope Warrior Academy and your group, honestly. It's been, it's been life-changing. Oh, thank you. Well, that's awesome to hear. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I love that you said that about social media because just like everything, right? It's a tool, right? Like people can say, money is evil, but then you can do amazing things with money, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can do charities and stuff like that. So it's just like that. It's like you can use it for good or you can use it for bad and corruption and stuff. So um, like so many people, yeah, are just ditching social media because of like the bad aspects of it. Mm -hmm. But it's important to know that you can um, like customize your social media to, to be what you want it to be. So following the right people, and, um, and being a part of these, like, I think private groups is really what is becoming popular on Facebook mm -hmm. because it's like, you want to be, you want to surround yourself with the people that have, that value the same things that you do. Um, and those private groups are the best way to do that. Cause you search something that's important to you, you join the group and then there you go. You mm -hmm. have a community of people that, you know, loves the same type of dog you do, or <laughs> loves to go hiking just like you do, or loves hope and encouragement like you do so um I don't yeah I think that's that's a really good point to make because I think a lot of people just feel like I go on social media and I'm just attacked with mm -hmm. with all the negativity and that's a maybe one of the biggest reasons uh Steph and I uh created Hope Warrior Project was because of that like we wanted 
to kind of offset it because yeah. we, we felt that way, right? Like everywhere yeah. I look, I'm hearing messages. Mm-hmm. You're not enough. The world is, you know, an evil place. Like everything is bad, bad, bad. And it was like, no, that's not true, right? Like it's all perspective and it depends on like what you're taking in and what you're accepting as your truth. So, um, so I love that. And I love that you were able to take that hopeful mindset like early on. Um, I remember when we were originally talking about your journey and you were saying how when you got the diagnosis, like there was a part of you that was like relieved almost. Yes. Felt good because like you could put a name to it. And like for you, that was like, okay, like I can deal with it now that I know what it is. Yeah, so um, it was like three years um, when I was finally diagnosed where I was dealing with all these symptoms of, you know, fatigue and just low energy and just just odd symptoms that I thought was, well, obviously I have twins and, you know, an older child and I'm just, I'm working and that's what it is. And then when I finally was diagnosed with cancer, it was like, oh, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. It isn't rheumatoid arthritis or, you know, I'm not just depressed. Like there is a physical reason for feeling this way. And so it is, was oddly validating. Um, But now I had this answer that I could go and face and attack. So yeah, it, it was an interesting kind of way to look at it, but it was a way to kind of flip it and make it empowering. Well, yeah, I, I, I can relate. I feel the same way. And I, I don't know if um, everybody's like this, but it's like, I want to know what I'm dealing with. And it's like, even if it's bad, like, I just want to know so that I can, you know, figure out how to approach it. And so, I don't know, I just really like related to that, you know, because most people would hear that and be like, oh my gosh, like you finding out you have cancer is like a relief or it's like in some way, you know, grounding. It, it, it seems like it would be like the worst news ever. But yeah, just having like an answer and then being like, okay, like now at least I know that I can look for these cancer communities and I can tap into these other resources that are out there. And then also another thing I really wanted to commend you for was like the blog, because like it's, it's one thing to go out there and like consume, you know, go out there into these communities and just read other people's posts and taken their information but because that helped you you felt inspired to like also put your perspective out there and um that's important right because if those people didn't do it for you you know you wouldn't have that Mm -hmm. from from them and so and everybody connects with different people so it's like Mm -hmm. people think like oh I don't want you know people don't care about what I have to say like there's so many people in the world like there's specific people that will be drawn to your story and you will make a difference in their lives. And it's crazy, like, now, especially with the internet, how we can have an impact, like, such a huge impact on somebody's life and never know it, right? <laughs> you know? You can write something, somebody reads it, and they're like, oh, my God, mind blown, like, changes their whole mindset on life. And, like, maybe one day in heaven, you know, you'll get a list of all, <laughs> all the, of, like, the work that you did that you had no idea, but... Um, oh. And I think it's really healing too for you because, you know, part of our journey is like accept acceptance of our stories. Um, and so writing about it is so healing because it's just, 
this is what I've been through. This is what I've learned. And so even if nobody reads it, it's like a beautiful thing because, you know, it's you, you putting that out there into the universe. And I think that's a beautiful thing. It is. And a lot of the reason too, I was encouraged to start it is because, you know, the stories that we tell ourselves is a huge part of our health. And so once I kind of started to understand that, even just as simple as the language that I use, like, right, like I have cancer, right? Like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm fighting cancer right now, but I'm not, I'm not cancer. And so that's kind of a little, you know, dichotomy that you have to kind of work with yourself because it is a process and there is really, not really a finish line with cancer because there's, you know, even when I am in remission now, I'm thankful to be two years in remission, but um, I'm still struggling with health effects and things like that. So there is no real like end to cancer. It just becomes something that I deal with and maybe like a lens that I view things with, but it's not all of me, you know, it's just part of my story, but not just stopping there and saying, oh my God, I have cancer. And that's the end of my story. It was, my blog has really been a journey of how can, how does this, you know, change my story? What does this mean? How can this help other people? This is almost the start of my story in a, in a weird way. So it's been really, it's been really, you know, cathartic to see that. And then even, you know, if people don't always respond on the back end of it, I can actually see that my story has been reached like all around the world. Like, and so every day, like one of my little joys is waking up and seeing, you know, just how far my story's reached and like thousands of people, you know, this year and, and, and a lot, like have, I'm almost at like 15,000 people in one year that have been to my blog just to, you know, that have found something meaningful there. So, you know, it's, it's something to be proud of. And so, you know, I am, I'm, you know, as uncomfortable as it can be sometimes to go and push post, I'm, I'm happy that I've, I've been able to do it. So thank you Absolutely. for saying that. I, and I love that you said, you just made a comment about this could be like, it's kind of the beginning of your story. Um, I feel like we've almost seen that as a bit of a, a theme or a trend on a lot of the people that we've talked to, because, you know, seriously, we can go through life and just have, you know, nothing, if nothing ever went wrong, if everything just was perfect, we had never had any struggles, never had any challenges. I mean, it's just kind of a boring story, right? There's not much story there. <laughs> and so I think a lot of times when we have these things that happen in our lives, not that we want them to happen, not that we wish for them to happen, they're going to, you know, they're going to happen. But when they do, it gives us this chance to think differently about who we are, how we are living our lives, what it means to us. And like telling your story and write about it, I think just gives that clarity to you even about what your story is. Um, I think the more that I even talk about things that I've been through, it helps me gain a different perspective on it. That if I'm just thinking about it or keep it in my head, I don't, I don't get that same perspective. And so there's, I think there's a lot of benefit and gain from being able to talk about and share your story, even for you, not mm -hmm. to mention the 15,000 plus people that you are impacting that are reading about your story. So I love it. Thank you. Yeah, um, and I know you wanted to share um, a book that really impacted you, um, which I think fits in really good with like this whole um, finding meaning in in your pain. 
um, which I read the same book. So I would love to, for you to talk a little bit about it because I, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, so one of the books that crossed my path right before I started chemo was Viktor Frankl's um, Man's Search for Meaning. And so if you're unfamiliar with the book, he is a, he was a Holocaust survivor and a psychiatrist. So he had a very unique um, perspective going through what he went through. And what he observed um, through Auschwitz was that those that were able to survive were those that were able to found like hold on to the meaning. You could take everything away from a man, but it's you know it's the meaning that you're able to find even in the like most horrible circumstances. So that's kind of what I drew from um, when I was you know going through cancer. Was I could I can't change that I'm going through this. It is what it is. But what can I do um, with the situation to help other people? So. Yeah, there's always um, purpose, even in pain. So yeah, it was, it's a wonderful book. I highly recommend. Yeah, so how is, like, what's, what's life like now? How is all this? Because obviously this diagnosis um, gave you kind of like a purpose or like um, a drive to go into all this kind of like personal development type stuff, which that's what it, like these things do, right? These crises. crises? Is that how you say girl? <laughs> crises? Crises? Like, when we're in crisis, like, that's, we're motivated to, like, make a change, right? Or at least I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. Um, instead of just being like, why me, why me? Eventually you hit a point where you're like, I need to, you know, kind of find some s sort of control and make myself better in this situation or show up better to this situation, um, which is obviously what happened for you when you really, like, dove deep into these books and like you said, the communities and blogging and all that. So, I mean, obviously, like you said, you're in remission. So it helped your body, which there's a huge link there. Of course, um, you're, it's all connected. It's all connected. People think like your thoughts are just, no, they affect your physical body. And if you don't face things that are going on in your mind, like your body, like things will happen. <laughs> It'll manifest in your physical body. So I mean, I think that your hopeful mindset definitely played a huge role in physically healing your body. Um, but I know for a fact that you are benefiting from that in a whole ton of other ways. So do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, um, so as you mentioned, I'm in remission. So I'm happy to report I'm two years in remission. And um, a lot of that, um, you know, was through my treatment, through thankful to immunotherapy, because I feel like the combination of that and chemo really helped me um, beat stage three Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, and, you know, once I was able to get into remission, um, like the, so the first kind of year in remission was kind of like, all right, I made it the physical part. I crossed the physical line into remission, but then it was like the mental part of it, like, all right, well, where do I go from here? So, it was digging into those books, the groups, connecting with other survivors. Um, I've been um, fortunate to join with some uh, a wonderful organizations like Immerman's Angels, so I can be a, a peer mentor to others that are going through cancer. Um, and then really um, just digging into kind of my own mental health, right? Checking in with myself. Uh, just because I'm in remission doesn't always mean I'm in the clear and you know other things can come up and 
um, you know, it's still kind of a journey mentally when you're in there because you have a lot of anxiety coming up with scans and you're still kind of being monitored and there's some anger, you know, that you kind of find like, I just went through this and like, you know, it can be very lonely because other people around you will be like, well, you're in remission now, like, you know, things are great. And a part of you is like, well, I don't always feel like I'm in the clear because as soon as I have a weird symptom, my mind starts racing right back and I'm back in like the same spot that I feel like I was right before I was diagnosed. So really for me, where I'm at now has been kind of trying to find that baseline. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of um, therapy, honestly. So I've like cognitive behavioral therapy has been really helpful for me um, as well as um I, the last year, I was really fortunate to find somatic body work, which is this different type of um, therapy that is like soma, it means body, so it kind of connects body, mind, and spirit, and so the theory is that when you go through like a traumatic event, that those um, memories can get lodged in your body, and there's also like a really good book, The Body Keeps Score, um, that talks about this, and so sometimes just talking about things it doesn't necessarily break those pathways. And so combining talking with actual physical touch is a way to kind of bring that trauma to the surface and get your, almost your muscles to relax. And you can finally like peace because there's the mental part, but then there's also the physical part. So this somatic body work has been life-changing for me. Um, and so that just combines, um, I found a wonderful practitioner um, near my house that does it. And it really, it's just combining kind of Eastern and Western medicine with like acupressure points. Um, and I, it's just, it's that and uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and um, being in these support groups. I mean, it's, it's really helped me kind of find purpose and meaning to when those feelings pop up and those anxieties and fears that my loved ones and friends might not understand, but there's, I find there's someone in a support group somewhere that's going through something that I've gone through or might be facing that I can help or they can help me. So it's been really rewarding. I mean, I think I want to go have some somatic body work done. <laughs> this sounds great. I, I mean, it's, I've had acupuncture done before mm -hmm. and I know, you know, some people could be like, eh, I'm mean, not into all that stuff, but I mean, it worked for me. I actually did it for carpal tunnel and it worked for years. So I feel like those type of things, they're different. Yeah. That's not the typical thing. Go to the doctor and get a pill, you know, something different, but it's probably in the end can be a lot more effective. So it's really interesting to hear you talking about how you're using it to kind of deal with some of the after effects and, you know, trying to get yourself to, you know, more acceptance and calming um, as you continue going through, through life and as things come up, yeah, I can imagine there would always be that, oh, is this something, you know, is this something I have to be worried about? So yeah, all the more important for you to know how to kind of relax yourself when that, when that comes up. Mm -hmm. So th this has been uh, a really a an amazing story. I mean, I think th there's almost two components to it. I mean, like, obviously there's the, the specific cancer part of it. And if, you know, someone has, you know, in our audience is going through their own cancer journey. I feel like definitely some very specific things that they can take from this, but also just generally speaking, a lot of what you said is just so applicable across the board for anything we go through. Um, you know, like 
one of the things early on when you were talking about when you were first diagnosed and you wished that maybe you had been diagnosed earlier, but how if you had, you may have missed out on some of these treatment, new treatments that were available. And it just brings to my mind that sometimes our timing, the, when we want things to happen, is not always the right timing. And we can get frustrated, we can maybe get mad, we can get angry, but sometimes it's actually not the right timing. And if we are willing to wait and you know accept that it, the timing is different, it actually can be so much better for us. Um, so that's one thing that I think just generally, we all can take something away from that and for our own life. So if someone, you know, if anyone out here, you know, listening would want to connect with you further or follow your journey, you know, you've mentioned your blog, but, you know, where else could they connect with you um, if they wanted to follow you or, or touch base with you individually? Yeah, so um, the best place to find me, um, of course, is my blog, hopefulwarrior.com. Um, and I'm also on uh, Facebook and Instagram at uh, The Hopeful Warrior. Um, but if you're going to, uh, the best place on my blog is actually the resource section, because um, that actually has a good kind of um, almost like a table of contents of my blogs throughout the last three years, depending on um, what you're kind of going through. And if you happen, if you or a loved one is dealing with cancer, there are a lot of great resources in that section as well. So that's a great place to start. Nice. Thank you for sharing that. And um, as Stephanie said, there's a bunch of awesome insights, nuggets on not just cancer, but like how we can approach these challenges that come up in our lives. Um, but if there was one thing that you really wanted to like narrow in on for people to take away from this interview, what would you say is like the most important thing? Yeah, um, I would say that, um, you know, don't be afraid of pain. Um, you know, I feel like so many of us, um, we spend a lot of our lives, you know, and I know I did, like trying to shelter myself and my loved ones from pain and trying to numb it away with alcohol. Um, and ultimately, I found through my journey with cancer that when I've actually faced the pain, right, head on and that fear and kind of ch charged straight ahead into that uncertainty, um, it's not as scary and bad as we thought, right? Like the fear is the ultimate threshold guardian. And on the other side is it's an incredible life of like purpose and meaning and hope, right? And, and hope and strength can be found in the most unexpected places. So, you know, just keep your heart and mind open. Thank you so much, Melanie. I, you've, you've really just blessed us, I think, with your story, your perspective on your journey, your hope. Um, it's very encouraging. And so thank you for being willing to come on and share your story with our, our audience. And I hope, you know, everyone listening will go check out your blog. You've obviously got a, a large following already. So so obviously some good stuff out there. So uh, folks, go check that out and uh, connect with Melanie on her Facebook or Instagram at The Hopeful Warrior. Um, and that's all we have for today. This was great. Fantastic. Thank you so much again, Melanie. To all you Hope Warriors out there, thank you for joining us today to hear another incredible story. We hope that you are encouraged and are taking away something positive for your own life. 
If you want to hear more stories like the one today, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. And don't forget to tell your friends about it because, you know, we can all use some extra hope in our lives.